0: Hello, and welcome to Gardener's Podcast, part of Garden Church in Southern California. My name is Darren Galindo, and today we're going to be doing another Sunday recap from September 3rd. This was Pastor Darren teaching, and the title of the sermon was A Strategy for Patience. So we get to have a panel discussion with Pastor John, Pastor Darren, and also Pastor Alex, our kids' pastor. It is such a wonderful conversation. I'm so excited to share this all with you guys if you haven't heard the sermon from sunday i strongly encourage you to look up our other podcast garden church podcast so you can listen in on the teaching from that day and of course to find out more information about our church you can visit garden.church so please subscribe to this podcast as well as garden church podcast and let's go to the conversation now with john darren and alex Welcome everybody, it's great to have you here. Hi everyone. The microphone doesn't bite. Hello. It doesn't bite. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Great to be with you all. We're still getting used to all this, right? (laughs) You guys look great with your I'm very comfortable. I feel very official. As well you should. Um, we are having another conversation today about Sunday and not just the teaching, which we're going to get into, but also some other things that God was stirring, um, during first service and also after second service. And so we just invite you guys all into this conversation as we get to talk about it. Uh, John, what was, what was one special thing that happened on Sunday morning that you are aware of that you want to share right now? Uh, well, there was a lot that happened on Sunday. I
1: think Darren's going to talk more about what happened particularly in the second service, but there was, there was an ease to what God was wanting to do on Sunday. And I think us just being obedient to what he's up to, um, but particularly for the teaching itself, the thing that I really loved talking through was how the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. is, a, is something to grow in us and that our lives are actually meant to be um, producing fruit that comes from a, a state of of patience, a state of letting God decide kind of what stays, what remains and the things, the fruit of our lives. And so there's a lot of special things that happen on Sunday and I don't want to give it all away in the beginning here, but I'm excited to talk through what all the things he did. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Alex, you were over in kids. Um, What was was kids like and what were you guys talking about over there?
2: So we had, I think the highest number of kids. I don't know if ever, but it was 133 kids, which was a lot, because we usually have like, I don't know, a a little less than 100. Um, But I think there was an energy as we came into worship, I'm what I'm experiencing bringing kids into worship into the atmosphere that's being created already Mm -hmm. is that kids are participating more Mm -hmm. and you start seeing them loosen up and you're starting to see these like preteen kind of awkward kids Mm -hmm. starting to raise their hands and dance around a little bit and so they're getting tastes of that that they then take back into the classroom. And um, I didn't know Darren was going to do the Jesus People series, but we just started an identity series on the same day. <laughs> so we were um, specifically just talking in kids about how our identities, knowing who we are, knowing who God is mm-hmm. are the, two of the most important things to, to know, to be confident in, to steward. And those things are going to be the things that come under attack the most. Mm-hmm. Um, if the enemy can confuse you about who you are, who God is, then he's, got a a good hold on you. So um I just love seeing how it all aligns. Mm and um yeah that was kind of what was going on in the other room but you could feel a connectedness by the end of the morning for sure i think i even wrote you guys like i don't you want i don't want to be off tomorrow (laughs) i "I want to go to the office there's something in the air that i just want to stay in just stay here and linger Mm -hmm. in it i
3: I love that one of the things for people who don't know but like we bring our first graders right Mm -hmm. all the way to youth into the service for worship and that was a shift we made before we moved to the space, but yeah. we were we were doing that in in regards to one of the conversations you and I had, and even before it was, um, when like how will we train our kids mm-hmm. in worshiping like, and I I just think it's so important. One of the things I talk to parents all the time about is like are your pa- are your kids watching yeah. worship mm-hmm. not just on Sunday but at home are are they learning to worship and trying to create an environment where it's normal for people to be passionately worshiping God and then for the kids to see, oh, this is what it looks like to go for it. And rather than, okay, you get dropped off and we're going to watch your kids while you go and you know the parent does church what i love is we say that no 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 we're we're all partners in the kingdom there's no junior holy spirit mm-hmm. yeah. and we're discipling kids now as partners in the kingdom like yeah. i tell people that kids is not a ministry uh, kids church kids ministry we don't do ministry to the kids mm-hmm. we're training the kids for ministry and that's mm-hmm. what i love even what you said like the series what you that's really profound like i just want to highlight that like mm-hmm. for everyone listening um the first thing you need to know is who God is. The second thing is who you are because of who God is mm-hmm. like in that order. Yeah. And what culture is doing is bringing so much confusion yeah. and making identity about what we say it is, not what mm-hmm. God says it is. And we're able to, be distorted in our image and and i think we we come from bearing the image of christ the image of god and we anchor our identity out of who god is and right now teaching kids to know that is so powerful so i love that you're doing that series that's really cool
2: yeah thanks
0: yeah i was going to touch base on the fact that the kids are here when we're worshiping because you want to model your you you have that expectation for people that if you want to sit in the front row yeah Worship like you mean it because kids are watching Mm -hmm. and we want to demonstrate this, not just talk about it. Let me just go off on this, okay? Because this is (laughs) is like,
3: like, we, I I, I get, there's a thing out there where it's like, oh, I'm introverted. I don't really sing like this. And I'm like, you get 168 hours a week to yourself. And obviously, you work, you sleep, all these things. But as the people of God on the Lord's day (laughs) that we gather, as the church in a local context to worship the resurrected Jesus Christ, we get to bring our offering of thanks to God mm-hmm. in worship corporately. This is not for you to have an individual moment. This is for mm-hmm. you to bring your entire week's worth of, of preparation to offer it back to God. That's how I see it. So when I see my kids, Ezra and Amos, or John's kids and your kids and your kids mm-hmm. coming to a church where we know that and we're we're giving that we're modeling for the next generation this is what it looks like and that's what i want like i want to see like the part that community plays informing youth and kids mm-hmm. is that they just get to show them what it's like it's it's and that's the most important thing so if you're listening you go to the garden church for the love just give your very best on sunday <laughs> model it for the people i wanted watching. to
1: highlight too just where um, particularly this last sunday pastor faith just took us in mm-hmm. worship and really let that be like, and I think what you're talking through Darren is worship isn't something that is this individual focused event. It's actually the sacrifice that becomes this thing that we place on the altar. Yeah. And we can talk about worship at a time too, but I, I think there's a shift now and we see it in our kids. We see it in our, the adults, um, that are here. There's a shift from worshiping as this individual kind of expression to, what is actually sacrifice? How am I getting out of this comfort zone that I've yes. place myself in? How am I how am I just becoming this this thing that's filling a seat? It's like, yeah. no, there's an embodiment, this thing that is inside of you that is desperate to worship, yeah. desperate to be have an expression. Yeah. And that's being expressed in freedom yeah. on Sundays. And um, another thing that happened on Sunday, our pre-service prayer, if you're not familiar with pre-service prayer, we have prayer at 815 every Sunday. Uh, come join us if, if you can. Uh, but something that we're going after is really interceding for what's happening on Sunday. And Darren, you shared something in regards to wanting to see, especially in this series that's to do with disciplines and things that we like to have the idea of doing. We like the title of doing them, but it's something that doesn't often get ingrained in us. Um, and so we are you know we contended for that uh sunday morning and it feels like there's been this shift now of they have people want the real thing and they don't want the disciplines for the discipline's sake they want the discipline because what it disciplines them to seeing jesus as the central authority central figure this this it actually elevates our understanding of who he is because you know we're talking about patience in a little bit here but it reveals God's heart to us. And so disciplines actually reveal God's heart, not take it away from from us. So um I don't know if we're getting into questions right now, but I would love to hear like Darren from you just what um what's the issue with disciplines being this thing that we like the idea of, but we have this complacency in uh actually embodying in well, in yeah. ourselves.
3: Well, okay. I talked about this in the last episode that we did and i i I talked about the you know we can't do formation without the fire of fire we can't do practices without the power of the holy spirit um but i think in general john like and you get this we prefer comfort we prefer convenience like the human brain is wired towards comfort like we people don't want to change. They don't like change. Most people, right? Like the majority, 90 something percent, like mm-hmm. most people out, out there aren't going after risk and adventure. They have to challenge themselves to do that. Like even yesterday, that is a funny story. The swell was big and I was looking at the reports at the beach. At, the beach. at the beach. Yeah, okay. sorry. Yeah, yeah. And I was Actually, looking at the reports, and I'm network. like, "Lord, we <laughs> <are you laughs> talking about?" <laughs> but, but I was you like, out "This morning, you I literally <laughs> was like, Oh We're my gosh, it's huge.'" And like, I surf, but I'm not like this crazy surfer. And I knew there was going to be a crowd. It was a day off, and. And Alex is like, go surf, go surf, you know? And I'm like, well, I kind of want to work out. She's like, why don't you want to go surf? There's more freedom. And I'm like, "Uh, well, it's really big. And she's like, and she just stopped. And then she's like, all right, you think about it. And then I was like, all right, what do I want to do? And inside I was like, there's a fear of doing the harder thing, like the surfing, like going to work out, that's that's easy. But like, I, I don't have, I can't control you know this thing. And all to say, I chose to surf. Yeah. And I, Alex is like, what are you gonna do? I'm like, I'm gonna go surf. She's like, why? I'm like, I'm gonna do what makes me feel more fear or like what I feel more afraid of. And she's like, good, I want you to do that. But I think for, for practices in general, we're comfortable. We're lazy mm-hmm. where we have these habits formed that have to be disrupted. Like mm-hmm. how many times do you take social media off or have you ever taken emails off your phone and you're like, g- like going to look for that? Or like, mm-hmm. have you ever done a fast where you're like not on social media, but you find ways to like, look at like other things, like the news, all of a sudden you're not now like scrolling through, you're like your brain is hardwiring you, your habits are forming you. So that's one of the reasons we don't do ha- Disciplines, well we're we're already doing our habits, we have yeah. to disrupt them. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, so much about what we do as human beings is is like is already given to us, and we 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 most of the time find ourselves reacting yeah. uh, to those things. Um, and then bringing bringing this around full circle to the topic of this last Sunday. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Darren. The title was a strategy for patience yeah um which is a little bit strange because you think of patience and as we were talking about kids in the sanctuary before it's like the kids are not screaming they might they have so much patience you know it's like not the absence of chaos is somehow Mm -hmm. uh, this demonstration of of patience but when you think about strategy it's like how are you getting better at being patient um so tell us unpack a little bit about why the title and what were you know some of your biggest things that you're excited about
3: well okay first of all i what i shared on sunday is i love preaching sermons that i can master and this was one where i struggle and i think that's important to know Mm -hmm. especially from leaders in the pulpit like you can be on the journey with jesus so i i'm not a patient person i'm hurried I have a lot to do. You guys probably all experience this like urgency. I have a lot I have to carry. And that's like, there's so many things we all carry as a mom, as a dad, as at homeschooling families, like where you guys all homeschool, you see that there's additional responsibilities. And one of the things that I was afraid of teaching when I was talking about, whenever I teach on like, come to me all you who are weary or burdened, heavy laden, is like, we think people are going, what I'm afraid of is people are gonna opt out of responsibilities. Like, and I think that's what we do, right? Like what culture teaches right now is escape responsibilities. Don't be um, responsible for the things that you have and the leadership you're, you're required to exercise as a mom or as a, as a disciple, as a leader of people. And so I, I'm always worried about that. Now, with patience, um, I'll talk about the why in a second, but the practical thing is what I've learned, and this comes from Pastor Bill, um, so a lot of what I do is just regurgitate smarter people, Pastor Bill, Dallas Willard, John Mark, friends of mine who have influenced my life. Dallas wasn't really a friend. He was a mentor from afar, but Bill would always say like, you know, how, cause I would talk about my lack of self-control or my impatience or my anger that would come up through a temper. And he was like, well, maybe you're looking at it the wrong way. Like the things that you need self-control in the things that you need patience for are actually the things that train you for patience mm-hmm. or self-control I'm like gosh that's like wax on wax off mr mm-hmm. miyagi like i don't get what you're saying mm-hmm. essentially what he was getting at was when i was in those moments where i would need to hurry or or i'd lose my sense my self-control it was in those moments that god was providing the the tools to grow in those fruit so I think oftentimes we wanna be zapped by the Holy Spirit and have that patience just given to us or have self-control as the power of God comes upon you in prayer, which maybe, I used to say he wouldn't do that, but then I talked to my mom. My mom was radically healed or she says she was given by the grace of God, um, healed of her temper. Like she had a, a short temper. And, and God met her I'm like, okay, that's one story I've heard. Most of us don't have that, but so I'm not going to disagree, you know, disregard that. But for us, as we look at our discipleship to Jesus, like looking at the frustrating roommate as the arena for you to grow in Christlike character, not as like a problem to solve, but as actually the problem to create the characteristics that Jesus would have in those situations. Like as a mom of five kids, there's a lot of exercising of patience. There's a lot of lack of control, yeah. a powerlessness that you have to enter into because you can't do your agenda. Like imagine if you're sick and you want to check out on Netflix and you have five kids that you got to feed. Not That's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs>
2: totally but that, that,
3: but yeah. that what I, what I want our church to understand, what I want disciples to know is that is... The monastery, that is the gymnasium of Christ-like character. That is the crossfit of discipleship. That is the space that you you offer to God as the the place that he will form you in his Christ-likeness. So for us, patience then is all the obstacles, all the things that get in our way that prevent our agenda, our time, our way of doing things so that we can slow down. And have the kind of response to the to people to situations that Christ would have,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and that was the goal.
2: Um, I'm wanting to ask this then because we're talking about disciplines and how obviously they're good. We're supposed to build out of them, but I'm almost seeing like the discipline in itself be the thing that is relied on. So it's like, cool, I did my silence and solitude. I did my time with Jesus. I'm good. I'm gonna move about my day. And now that time is rubbing up against the day to day and I'm annoyed. You know, Instead of seeing like, it's almost like opposite of like in life, we go to the gym, we wanna get fit so that we can like do life. But in this it's like silence and solitude, I rest, I receive so that I can practice getting strong as I do life. It does that make sense? What I'm kind of saying it's like the almost this like um, we come to church and think this is the place that we're gonna get it all. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, we're just kind of preparing here to go out so that we can practice in real time in real life.
3: Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So oh, I'm hearing two things. One, uh, the role of church in equipping saints. So the goal is not church is not the place where you yes. come. Um, to to uh that church is the place you come to be trained for life in ministry Mm -hmm. right so that that's one way to look at it but the other thing i heard is something and maybe i'm wrong from hearing this but in some ways it's kind of two things that we focus so much on the practices Mm -hmm. rather than the purpose of the practice right so i talked about this in our last conversation so i don't want to i don't want to you know go on to that but the goal the goal is yeah the goal is union the goal is uh, th- these things we integrate into our life that were habits or lifestyle practices of Jesus, spiritual disciplines, um, become natural to mm-hmm. us. They become, they are not the goals in themselves. Yeah. They're not the ends. They are a means for union. So s- disciplines that I mentioned f- to, to help you with a strategy for patience, which is getting back to the title, yeah. like we can do things mm-hmm. to help us become patient. So one thing is to embrace the obstacles in your life as part of God's strategy for forming fruit in your life. So where you need to practice self-control, where you need to practice patience, that is the mechanism that God's gonna use to help you. The other thing is to practice slowing down, like Mm -hmm. eliminate social media, get rid of your smartphone, make it a dumb phone. There are habits you can kind of practice in your daily life that create margin for you to go at a different pace. Mm -hmm. Going at a different pace is not the goal. The goal is Christ-likeness, and what we see is our culture is moving fast. It's it's causing us to be in a hurry. So we we make mistakes, we don't have time, we're impatient, our reactions are, we're, we're literally living in a reaction to the world versus intentionally engaging in God's world the way God would if he were you in that situation. That's it, I think, when I think of
1: patience, and you, you talked about this on Sunday a bit, but I first think about, okay, how has God been patient with me? Mm. So God's patience towards me, what has that produced? What has that provided? Why is he so patient with me? What would, what if he wasn't patient with me? What if he was unpatient towards me? What if there was something about his nature towards me that required this anxiety in me to to match? And that's not the God that we serve. So it's, he is patient with us when we don't deserve it. And it allows this, relationship that we have with them to know that man we're gonna make mistakes we're gonna get it wrong thank god that he is patient with us and so then taking that to ourselves why we are patient like you said darren there's we now get to embody the heart that god has for us and and filter that through our experiences with others and i'm wondering um I'm wondering that kind of training, that kind of patience that we can embody. If it's something that that is, it's it's natural, and yet at the same time, it's it's unnatural. We 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 want to operate with this heart, but at the same time, we we don't know how to always do it. So when we feel like we don't have the grace in the moment to offer patience, um, what do we? Is it something that we need to backtrack? Is it? a conversation of, of, Hey, how did I get myself here? Connecting back to God's heart or is it situational?
3: Okay. This is good. You can't do patience. Like I think this is important characteristic, like a fruit is grown. Mm -hmm. So patience becomes a characteristic characteristic of your nature Mm -hmm. when you're spending time with Jesus and you're growing in the fruit of the spirit. It's not something that you just like, do Mm -hmm. on your own strength and so what you can do is self-identify impatience and then you can also self-identify the arenas in your life you are impatient Mm -hmm. and then in your mind and in your practice in your habits create uh, a strategy to take those moments as the place that god wants to work with you Mm -hmm. so for me when my kids aren't listening and i've talked to them multiple times and i have learned to react to my kids the way my dad did or what I think is the most uh, or the quickest way to get them to respond maybe i raise my voice maybe i i i am quickly moving through discipline versus pausing and slowing down and creating space for them to be fully emotional and react knowing that i am a safe place mm-hmm. so i have to engage in those moments literally like like with it written on my hand like mm-hmm. this is how you respond so i'm now disciplining myself to do something that's very unnatural Mm -hmm. in order to cultivate over time, Mm -hmm. the natural reaction, which is patience or whatever the fruit is, joy, Mm -hmm. you know, love, um, self-control, gentleness, like all of the fruit we're talking about the characteristics that are seen in God. So yes, like I love the, the why, like why I was asking the question on Sunday, why is God patient? why is this a virtue? Why do, why do we even want to be patient? Like if I were to think about patience in the the way that I think about it, it's like, man, it just means I get less stuff done. I get to do less of the things that I want to do. Honestly, that's kind of what it is. That's why I'm hurrying my kid out the door so we can get to where I want to go or whatever it is. But the why has to do with what patience empowers. It Mm -hmm. empowers the space for others to exist fully as themselves. Yeah. And that's a big one.
1: I think it too, and maybe we can talk through this, but it allows patients acts as this filter to the emotions that are being present. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, we're, we're so often led by our emotions and our emotions are not meant to be the master. They're meant Mm -hmm. to be the slave. They're meant to be the thing that doesn't dictate what we do. And I feel like patience somewhat in some way allows us to take this step back, this Mm -hmm. grace filled step back to go, what are the emotions that others right now are going to be experiencing from me? What are the emotions that my kids are going to feel right now in this moment of, of of hurriedness? And, um, and I, I had this, this family, um, for prayer come forward and the mom confessed this hurriedness that she had with her kids and she brought her kids around her and confessed mm-hmm. and, and apologized for the hurried mm-hmm. nature she's had in getting their their kids ready for school and all the things and mommy doesn't want to be hurried anymore. I want to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um can you help like can, you know in some ways she was like asking your kids like, hey, <laughs> you know let's set a new tone. Let's set a new tone. Let's recognize the goal isn't to be led by these emotions of hurriedness, but that patience is actually this filter that begins to say, okay, what are the emotions that are valid here? What are the things that aren't? What is, the, what is connecting back to the heart of God like for what's needed in this moment? And it was just a beautiful representation of a family who's saying, we, we don't want to live in this hurried nature anymore.
2: Well, it almost feels like the more we hurry, the longer things take too like in some in some situations because now if i'm like move along move along then the kids get chaotic and now i'm like i'm a peer they're a peer and it just actually makes it worse versus like even me with smaller kids i'm like i want to put all that i can in to slowing down now so that my kids are independent and confident and they're not like 16 going i don't know how to do this you know like really stopping pausing being present in a moment with them instead of reacting and i think about just culturally how reactive we are like one person says one thing like your comment about target you know and and they're like oh my gosh and then they just stop listening (laughs) Uh and then they jump to this like okay you know, people try to fit like church into their politics or into their like whatever worldview that has nothing to do with Jesus. And it's like we react and we, you know, versus like stepping back and actually having a heart connection with that person, assuming the best, like actually wanting to hear what they have to say. But that requires, I've thought about this a lot recently of um, you can only, a, a person, no matter how loving and caring you are towards someone, they can only, you can only meet them They can only meet you, you can only meet each other as deeply as they've met themselves. Mm. So like knowing my, like being patient with my own process, like what you were saying, I often I'm like, okay, God is so patient with me, has been so patient, I know where I was. And so I'm like so much like slower to judge and so much slower to like criticize and so much slower to like, Pull, try to pull someone along to where I think they All should right. be because I'm like man I still have so much like the more I know the more the less I know yes. you know and being aware of people's processes and having god's eyes for their for that person in front of you
3: there's a psychological term I've heard called non-judgmental observation or non-judgmental awareness and it's where you live in a state or a place of being where you're you're kind of like if you're moving like this you're kind of personally like aware in your mind of how you are mm-hmm. so if you're feeling emotional reactivity from some some something that somebody said or like you're stressed to actually go inward and be non-judgmental towards yourself mm-hmm. and just become aware yeah. like why do I feel so angry right now why do I feel so disappointed why do I feel mm-hmm. sad why in this conversation am I having to have to say something smart, you know, versus mm-hmm. just be present to this moment. Like non-judgmental observation or awareness would be, you know, what you can do with patience as as you're walking slowly like I was talking about when I witnessed Dallas Willard at our church and yeah. like had lunch with him. You were there? I remember. He moved slow. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he he and it wasn't it wasn't like he was moving slow because he was a slow person. There was an intentionality mm-hmm. in how he moved. Talked, listened, interacted, ate his meal. Um, it was at a completely different pace. And so, when I, you know, did the exercise, like if you can think of one word to describe Jesus, what would you choose? People were like audibly listening um, or like making sounds when I said Dallas Willard's choice for that challenge or that discipline was relaxed like of all the words Mm -hmm. you would choose to describe the son of god the messiah the savior of the world the lot you know lion of judah the it's relaxed and that's beautiful like that Mm -hmm. does something to our hurried posture our culture it It does does something to the way we try to treat ourselves like if jesus is relaxed towards us and and very concerned and invested in us becoming Mm -hmm. the person we are designed to be um, what does that do for how we interact to the people around our oursel- around us? And then what does that do for how we treat ourselves on this journey of Christ likeness? Yeah, I,
0: the... I love thinking about, uh, patience as an ingredient that you bring to the table to affect the taste and flavor of the environment that as a, I mean, as a parent, um, when you, when I, cause I do this and I fail at it all the time. And it's like, I'm contributing to the chaos. I'm contributing to the loudness. I'm contributing to, you know, the the feeling of anxiety um, or even like, you know, shame or whatever else that, that I as a parent can bring to this to this uh, environment. And you know, what kind of cake is that? It's, mm. and, and, and thinking about it in those terms, I'm like, I have the power and it's not on anybody else that I am getting so you know, I'm, I'm I'm exercising the muscle of patience so well so that the ingredient, when I mix it into the pot, it can overwhelm, you know, my kid's anxiety or his mental or his breakdown or his, you know, his tantrum or or anything else. And it's like, that looks like relaxed. And it's such an others approach um, mm-hmm. to this thing that we so often can think of, this is me. You know, I, I need to be patient, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as we were also talking, it's like, uh, for all you parents out there have that have tried to like, you know, I'm practicing patience right now and it's, you know, the, you know, there's a candle, there's music going on and angels singing in the background. It's like this perfect environment. And then, you know, a kid comes in and totally ruins everything. And so you, you have to like shut them up and put them away and like, leave me alone. I'm practicing this. <laughs> and then like you get to practice your thing, but you totally miss the point. Mm. And I think that goes along with what you were saying of like, we want to prioritize the practice and then completely miss yeah. the opportunities. Um, uh, and, and I love the way that you put it is embracing those obstacles and allowing that to be um, like the platform that we yeah. get to learn on.
3: Yeah, and I think it's just to clarify too, there's not like a practice mm-hmm. called patience. Mm-hmm. Like there are disciplines, lots of them, that will help you produce patience. So, I talked about like choosing the longest line at the grocery store, mm-hmm. going the speed limit. You know, those are intentional decisions that are now a habit you have to intentionally practice that cause you to move at a slower pace. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean it will produce patience. In my opinion, the real the real work for patience is all right, I'm not going to react
2: mm-hmm.
3: to my interrupting child without being gentle and loving, even if it's the tenth time. That's where you get the real muscle. Or mm-hmm. when my my roommate, you know, for the 50th time doesn't take out the trash, I'm not gonna lose my temper. I'm going to calmly engage with my roommate in a loving way mm-hmm. that even though I'm justified in being outraged or whatever. They eat my Chipotle burrito, I'm gonna show I'm gonna choose to engage relationally. Mm-hmm with this that way that i think that's where the muscles grow that's where like you're like getting sore almost from hitting the gym and you know growing in the things that are not naturally
1: yeah for you i had a a dumb phone for six months and it was the most frustrating thing so great (laughs) but at the same time you take these moments you we tow trailers you towed a trailer for a while Oh Lord. Travel trailer. I told, I told travel trailer. Tell me I, about your
3: patience when uh, you're towing well, the travel trailer. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, wait, I'm pretty sure your wife got me. A, yeah. There uh, was a meme or a no, com- ornament. It was oh, like, sorry for what I, it was like wife, sorry for what I said to you when I was backing. Up yeah. The trailer. I didn't mean it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but remember you were telling, talking to me about driving the travel trailer and we were talking, like, Oh yeah, you have to drive 55 miles an hour. And you start going at that pace. And you start realizing the pace of everyone else yeah. Yeah. is crazy. I remember driving into LA with this I have a seventeen foot little child trailer and I'm just in shock and awe of how crazy people mm. are driving. But I never see it because I'm I've matched that pace yeah. Yeah. when I'm not towing a trailer and That's
3: exactly right. And mm.
1: I'm I'm wondering how, you know, because culture is not a neutral place. We have people in a workforce who Patience is, you know, patience is so much married to, like you said, this um, kind of relaxed state of, I'm just not gonna do anything. Patience is kind of stepping back from it. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't, Dis- patience doesn't mean- Disengagement. Yeah, disengag- patience doesn't mean disengagement. No, So
3: or lack of product- productivity or being efficient. So it
1: feels like patience, at least for many, has more to do with an understanding of their emotional health. Yeah. yeah. Like, if they're emotionally unhealthy, Patience is not going to be something that is produced because mm-hmm. they're just swimming in, in it.
3: They're yeah. not aware of it. Yeah. It is an inner disposition, right? That's why it can't be just practiced. It has to be cultivated mm-hmm. in your heart and your mind. That's yeah. a great illustration. Like the idea of driving a travel trailer, like if you go too fast, that thing's going to wobble. You're going to have problems awesome. and you can't. And then also the awareness of man, the world is moving fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's what, you know, we did on Sunday, like hurry. Like one of the uh, um, scientists was saying that what's happening in our cultures, we are so unaware of what multitasking and the Mm -hmm. hurried culture we're swimming in is doing to our brains. Yeah. Like it's literally hardwiring us towards mm-hmm. something that's so toxic and unhealthy. He compares it to the tobacco industry mm-hmm. in the glory days of the tobacco industry where, where people were denying cancer causing drug. And mm-hmm. he's saying that is the same thing that's happening to us in a different way in our mm-hmm. brains with multitasking and the culture of hurry we live in. So that's a better the-
1: way of putting it. Cause I think the hurriedness in a corporate setting. is not good. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah. that's in order to get ahead, in yeah. order to do it, yeah. you have to keep up with that pace. Yeah. So you have, have to opt out, and that's, that's a cost.
2: When I moved to South Africa, it took me like two years to stop being annoyed with everything. <laughs> it was so, walk. I didn't have a car, I had to walk, but where I lived wasn't safe, so someone had to come and get me. And I would just sit for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, and I'm like, where the heck are these guys who are supposed to walk me home? Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there. But over time, I was like, people are late because they stop for everyone who greets them yeah. they stop for every single granny who needs groceries help help carry groceries to her house they stop they say hi you know an avatar they say i see you yeah. like they stop and they're just like i see you like you're here in front of me, how are you? How's your family? And for me waiting, I'm annoyed, but if I knew what they were doing, I'd be like, no, do that. Like be with those people for that moment. And over time, I just learned how to wait and to enjoy waiting And and getting back here. I've been back for two years. I don't go to Costco. I don't go to Walmart. (laughs) I don't like I just like can't it's too big, it's too fast, it's too chaotic and I'm just like this is not healthy and and it's like we just but we're so used to like all that inundation. I remember my kids, there were there were two drive throughs in the city that we lived in. So if we needed to go through a drive-thru, we had to go to McDonald's or KFC. <laughs> and so, and it, everything, but it's better there. It's better there, I promise you, it's real chicken. But um, <laughs> but I remembered my kid, like they never were in a hurry really in South Africa. And we got back here to visit one time and we had been here maybe for two weeks and they're, and then we went back. Again and my daughter was maybe four and she was like, Why is everything taking so long? Oh, and I was man. like, Oh my gosh. So- it two took two yeah. weeks mm-hmm. to come here and get all this quick instant gratification. People oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry, I didn't respond. Sorry this, sorry that. Mm-hmm. There's no margin. There's no room that, for pause. That's and cultural formation. It that is. is the perfect yeah. illustration
3: for what we're talking about. Like yeah. you wake up and you're being formed in the image of culture and it has a lot of implications it's doing something to our soul there is a i love you know andrew sullivan talked about the white noise of secularism Mm. it's not hedonism it's distraction as our greatest threat to our faith and right now we don't even realize like you come to LA with the travel trailer. You don't even realize how fast we're moving, how distracted we are, how there is an American Southern California mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. forming us mm-hmm. into its image, and the the fruit of our culture is what I listed out. It's you know it's it's burnout, it's exhaustion, it's anxiety, mm-hmm. it's fear, it's it's an inability to rest, it's mm-hmm. a restlessness, you know, it's discord, and all of these things are are forcing us. All these powers in the world, elemental forces are bending us into its image. And unless we see it as a threat to our faithfulness, our discipleship to Jesus, um, we will just keep flowing down the river of Mm -hmm. culture and look at the end of our life like the world versus seeing what it's doing for what it is, calling it out. It's not only demonic, there's an agenda behind things that are shaping us in this direction, moving us in this direction. And we have to opt out. We have to step out and go, I will follow Jesus with my whole life. Not just Sunday morning. I'll follow him with my time. I'll follow him with my parenting. I'll follow him with my money. I'll follow him wherever he leads. Cause that he is my King. And so even just to name that like two weeks Mm -hmm. of your family being in Southern California, visiting, coming back, already formed in the image of hustle and hurry mm-hmm. it's a great great mm-hmm. illustration yeah so good
0: and so much of what we do is all about instant gratification yeah. yes. uh, as you were talking about living in another country i had the opportunity to live in russia and we took public transportation yeah. and so the idea of waiting on a platform for your bus or for your train was just like normal yeah. you know you got to read a book you got to yeah. like talk with some person and then In Southern California, your car is your instant gratification of getting to the place that you wanna go to. Um, Darren, I I did wanna touch on the the idea of efficiency Mm. as like this like camouflaged way or goal that we can have. Like if we can be efficient, then we can have more time or, you know, Putting all this work into right now and just like you know hunker down and get her done, and then all of a sudden like what what do we what do we learn at the end of this with the idea of efficiency? Uh,
3: well, okay, I struggle with efficiency. Um, I mean, I've read all the books. You know, starting in church at a young age, I had to, I did getting things done. I looked at like task or you know project management. Like I've always studied like a philosophy of task management essentially. There's a book I've recently read called 4,000 Weeks, which the, the author kind of is a expert in these things. And essentially he talks about our relationship to, with time being a problem in the West. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the lie of efficiency. Like mm-hmm. it's a trap essentially, like that if you are a quote unquote efficient in getting things done, um, you're actually creating more work for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you're getting things done and you have more time for the things that you really want to do. Yeah. Um, like, let's say, play with your kids or hobbies or working out. It's actually that you just do more mm-hmm. in general because you have an inappropriate relationship with time. Um, and so I recommend that book in general, 4,000 Weeks. The solution, which I haven't at all mastered, um, <laughs> is out there. But it is to challenge our relationship with time and to challenge our relationship with what we're called to get done and embrace limitations and also um recognize that i think we said this too and this is from pastor bill like Mm -hmm. i said at the end that um there is always enough time for what god asks Mm -hmm. of you but there's never enough time for the things that god hasn't asked of you and so when you choose to prioritize your life resources, time and money and relationships and you know stewarding your calling and vocation when you prioritize it in the way of the kingdom there will always be enough time. Mm-hmm. That's I believe that with all my heart. It it really is surrendering. So mm-hmm. I do want to talk about a couple things before we end. Um just I know uh Sunday it was a unique Sunday and every Sunday and I just want to reiterate this talking about bringing people to worship like there was a time when we couldn't gather on Sundays because of COVID and we didn't have a space to meet in. And now, you know, we have a space and I've always talked about, Hey, I wanted, when we come back together, I want to make Sundays a place where we go after God. And I know with, we live stream our services and people watch it from all over. And I know some people, you know, can't come because of restrictions in their lives. Like they're not able to get to, to our location or some people are watching from Russia or all over the place. Um, but I want to talk to that in general. Like our, we had some unique things happen this Sunday. I just wanted to tease out, um, because it's, it's a a lesson for leaders. It's a lesson for pastors. It's also a lesson for our church to understand. Like there was a testimony in the announcements where a guy who was going through pursuit, um, had a radical transformation story and he's telling his story. And he's telling a story that he's been 11 months sober. Mm-hmm. He dealt with anxiety, depression, and suicide. And he had this moment at a weekend where a group of men in pursuit were praying for him as he encountered God in a worship set, which was basically a recording of worship. So he's having this dy- dynamic encounter with God, feeling free and, and then he's sharing his testimony about, hey, if you struggle you know, with these things, like there's freedom on the other side. And in the second service, uh, we got up and we're like, hey, you know what? We believe that the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Meaning that when you, when you share what God's done in your life, mm-hmm. when you testify of what Jesus has done, that releases something, right? So it releases something. And I've seen in the church, people who have experienced healing, i always want them to pray for other people for healing because that testimony releases faith that's what happens like faith is all of a sudden in the room like people who are struggling with depression or suicidal ideation there's like oh my gosh here's a guy who's a little bit further and this is possible for me and so on sunday something happened where we paused and we're like hey anyone here struggling with depression anxiety or suicidal ideation would you just stand we want to pray for you and we had the the guy who shared the testimony pray And it was powerful. It was a moment where we honored God, what God did in Mark's life. We honored the fact that there are people here that are struggling. So we're not all, you know, free from these things. We're all struggling, but it also released something. And something happened in the second service that led to the response. So in the second service, you know, I I preached on patience of all things. Like it's not like a topic that's going to move mountains in my opinion, but the response was very um, unusual. There was uh we call people for people came forward because we always do ministry time where we call people to get prayer or to respond and however they want and so I left to go to the restroom and go drink some water and then I came back in and I saw a real hunger in the room there was like this this thing God was doing and people and what, what did that look like it looked like lots of people crying and people repenting it looked like the spirit of God moving on people. People were um, receiving prayer and they were encountering the living God. They, were, they, they got on their knees, they were sitting down, they were, they were raising their hands, they were laying on the floor, they were weeping on the floor, they were snot coming out of their body. Like there were visible signs of, of emotion, but also God doing something. And then we officially end, but the, I don't know, hundred and something people stayed for a, an hour and in that time we worshiped we cried out to god we are seeking jesus there was an undeniable sense that god's doing something right now and we don't want to miss it Mm -hmm. and i say that because that doesn't always happen Mm -hmm. there are sundays where I, i say i said to our staff today like it's a it's a bunt. You know, we just showed up and we did our part and that's what local church ministry is. Some of there, I have a bunch of pastor friends and some of your planting churches and there's been a lot of bunts and that's okay. Like that's faithfulness in local church ministry. You come, sometimes you have home runs where you knock the sermon out of the park, but most of the time you show up and it's just faithful to the community God's called you to be. You're faithful to the word of God in that moment for that, for that Sunday. And then there are these Sundays where it has nothing to do with anything other than God. And that's what I wanted to say. Like, it wasn't about the sermon. It wasn't about the worship. It wasn't about the testimony. It wasn't about the response. It wasn't about a curated lights, you know, we don't have a fog machine. It was simply people hungry for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanna see more of. And that's my encouragement, I guess, is I don't know how each person can cultivate hunger for God other than feeding, on God's presence mm-hmm. feeding on his word going after him with your whole life confessing your sins living a consecrated lifestyle getting rid of distractions in your life so that you can be focused on God but I that's what I want to call our church to right now is that God is moving he moved so tangibly and he was so present in the room that we didn't want to leave it was you know 6:30 to 147 when we closed, like that's a long time for two services. And we witnessed something and I don't want to manufacture it. I'm not trying to create something that's, you know, replicating anything else. I just want to say that I think the Lord responds to hunger. I think he responds to those who are hungry. And this is a moment for our church, for our leaders, for our people to stay hungry, to, to stop, um, being satiated by the world or by old habits of religion, but to come before the Lord and seek after him with the, your whole heart. I think that's what it's happening. It's like God goes where he's wanted, where he's desired, and he comes to those he, who draw near to him. And so I just want to say Sunday was special. The testimonies that, you know, but the there was a d- divine encounter yeah. and it requires a response. So this Sunday, if you're listening, come hungry. Like mm. I'm telling our staff, I'm telling our elders, like we need to prepare for a hunger we need to make sure we're going after these things of God because I think that's where we're going to see the real fruit of what God wants that's to do right so now so mm-hmm.
1: I just I just to add on that just a bit but I something about when we we have a hunger for God you know it's a different thing than food food satisfies the hung, hunger for God actually produces more hunger for God yeah. it's like this it's not that it doesn't give us some kind of satisfaction but begets more hunger yeah. and i think that is what we're beginning to see we're seeing because this isn't we've had like moments like this yeah. we've had these kind of divine heaven opening okay what's going on here and it just feels like these they're going to become more frequent um and what you've talked about darren too is that this isn't just something that should be happening or it probably is happening in a corporate setting i'm i would guarantee that there are men and women who are Um, cultivating this hunger Mm. in their private life Mm -hmm. in secret uh in these you know what what the first the first uh sermon was on was the secret place these secret places that god is cultivating and drawing out this hunger towards Mm -hmm. him that's pouring out on sundays yeah
0: and you i mean you kind of uh went past the title you know what you're preaching on and then what we got to see and i just kept on seeing this image of you know a pond and so like you think about patience and what it what it cultivates in you. It's a, the stillness mm-hmm. and letting the water settle. You know, mm-hmm. so where you can you can sense every ripple. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we want to to get close to the heart of God and 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 recognize where that is, we do need to slow down. Mm-hmm. We do need to guard that that secret place, and we do need to um, get better at. Um, being patient, being bored, being like just kind of sitting in wonder, um, and it, it, there almost seems to be like a connection, at least in my mind, of we're talking about this and we get to experience yeah. this as well. And mm. I think, I mean, not that it was an amazing sermon, it was, but um, you know, we're we we want to talk about patience, and people are so ready mm. to to be there yeah. and to lean in.
3: Yeah, that, I guess that's a great like a great thing is talk about hurry culture people were at a three-hour church service on sunday and they they weren't in a hurry to leave and what's also interesting is i i was reflecting in our staff today uh when you do when you see something like that it's hard to steward because you Mm -hmm. you don't want to end what god's doing you don't want to quench the spirit which i don't you know that's that's a rare thing but i've seen it happen i see where god clearly is speaking and then it it gets shut down Mm -hmm. and i'm someone who's very sensitive to when the spirit is moving, I do not want to stop. Mm. I do not, I don't, I want to honor the presence of God. And so I was in this moment to the point where somebody like grabbed me and started asking me pastoral questions. I'm like, you know what? I can't talk right now. I need to steward this moment. And I, I was like, I'm, it was like, this is what I'm, I have to do. So I was sat sitting up here going, God, what are you doing? I'm asking, asking this lady, girl comes up to me and she shares this word. I think God's doing this. I'm like, okay, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And then... <laughs> And then I'm sitting waiting and then I'm like, Lord, what do you, like, what do you want to say? And he said, I, as clear as like, you know, how I hear the Lord, he's like, I just told you. And, mm. and you said no. And like, and it was like, go get her and have her share. Like, it was so clear. Like, this is the, this is a prophetic word mm. for why you're waiting. I want to say this. I want to release this. Mm. And so she came up and she released this word. And, and if you were in the room, it, it wasn't like forced. It was like a release, like mm-hmm. I, I, almost like, oh, that's why we're all here. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. It. And it was like, now be sent out. It wasn't like, all right, now you're starting a 24-7 prayer movement mm-hmm. out of this moment. It was, okay, th- this is going to happen. Be ready to respond mm-hmm. to these divine moments where it requires you to be patient and disruptible and interruptible. And it allows for those who are seeking God, who are hungry to, to minister. Um. Through the gifts, and I think that that was the beautiful expression where Sunday led us to respond like yeah. that. So, anyways, I, I know we need to wrap. Can I say one yeah, last yeah, thing? Sure.
2: I think there's something maybe like obviously our culture is very consumer. Like, just get I'll sit here and you feed me. Yes. And I've seen this. I wouldn't say like two or three specific times in the last year under your leadership, Darren, even as a staff, but I think it's happening right now is like a whole church is people unfortunately are waiting for permission. You know, they wanna be told, oh, you can go now. And so as much as we're like, guys, you're powerful people, they do need to be told maybe for the first few times, like, no, you really can go. You really can take this. You really have the authority. You really have what it takes. You really are needed Mm -hmm. in order for this moment in this time, for what God is doing, like we need all of you. And I think Sunday, you gave everyone permission. Like even saying, I struggle with patience. We have permission to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. Like we have permission to mess up. We have permission as human beings who are broken to get it wrong and to come back Mm -hmm after that and be loved and be received and belong and try again. Mm -hmm. And I, like on our staff, I feel like there are just specific times even where people were like, oh, Darren, you do it. And you're like, no guys, you have permission. And they're like, oh, and I think we don't realize we're even waiting for that permission. I think there's sometimes we sit back and we're just like, well, someone else will probably do it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's not for me. Who am I to think that I can da, 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 you know, they see a pastor, oh, I planted this church this long ago and this is where I've come and these are the things I've learned. And from here, looking at you, maybe they might be like, oh, I'll never get there. You started somewhere. Everyone started somewhere and there's a permission to step in to it, too. And it's not too late and it's not for someone else. And that's what I, I think is really beautiful about the last you know especially years since we've moved and stepped into the into this new space together as we're all like it almost even the playing field of like hey we're starting something new together and everyone is everyone needs to participate everyone you know has to bring what they have been given so i don't know that's
1: just, everyone gets to play
2: everyone gets to play love it so much yeah
0: thank you guys for for being in the space for sharing your wisdom and if you're listening to, uh, right now and you show up to church church is better when you show up Mm. church is better when you lean in to moments like this uh and it's it's not you know pastor darren it's not the leaders here uh, on staff it's all of us together leaning into this space because god's stirring something and it's so exciting to be a part of it Mm. so we love you garden church thank you for listening thank you guys for being here
2: bye